0: So, Bike Radio, for those of you you that are new to the channel, this is our new morning radio show. It might be at night sometimes. We're hoping to have a good thing. We talk about all things bikes, from roadie stuff, mountain, gravel, Zwift, whatever it might be. Open to questions. If you've been to the YouTube channel before, those are more our thoughts, sharings on specific topics. This is going to be the exact opposite. This is gonna be basically the Joe Rogan of bikes. And my last comment on the intro is thank you to Jelbo. I think my logo might be backwards. They are the giveaway in the Discord, which ends in like 12 hours. So if you're not there, you should be. And all right, here we go. I got a fun, I had a bunch of things that came across I like yesterday. I like that plug. I'm in. What's that? I like the plug. I'm in. Yeah, in good. Did you? Uh, did you do the giveaway? You can be in the giveaway too. Oh no, I didn't do it. Oh yeah, you I didn't do, can do it
1: either. Up. I was a. You, of can, it up. you guys swap. can be
0: in it. You guys can be in it because it's so good. It's like <laughs> more it right you want to win. You definitely want to win it. What's what is it?
2: The shades, yeah, sweet nice. shades yeah. In
0: the hat. Uh, pro- I, don't, I could ask for a hat. I'll ask for a hat. That's very yeah. nice. The hat is a very nice bulbous logo sewed oh. on there. So, hey, we. The first thing I want to bring up was we had a comment that kind of stems from the last conversation. And this guy was talking about what we had said. I made the comment that below 22 degrees, uh, it's not smart to ride outdoors. That was more just my preference. I don't like getting flats when then, you know, if you're pre-carbon wheel riding all the time when you used to ride aluminum wheels, if you flatted and then you would have to take the, you know, the tire off and you have your gloves off, your hands are going to freeze. It just sucks. So this guy had asked the question, He's up in Canada. He's like, dude, it's easily below 22. The streets might be covered. What are the alternatives? Don't get me wrong. I don't mind riding outside in the winter. I commute by bike all year round, but there's a huge difference between riding a single speed enclosed for 60 minutes versus riding a road bike for three plus hours. Also, who knows what the power meter would be doing at 10 Fahrenheit. I don't know. Maybe I don't want to know. So how do we feel about number one, fat bike? Number two, cross country skiing. Number three, Indoor cycling. I know you're a big advocate of riding the bike outside, so you become better at using it and maneuvering it. But if it's not possible during the winter, what's better: three to four hours of cross-country skiing or three to four hours of roller slash trainer, if you can tolerate it? Thanks. Looking forward to the next episode of Bike Radio. Well, I, 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 to- I think I know what
1: both of you're going to say, but I'm curious. Well, I was going to say outside, Patrick. You go ahead. Don't uh, make yourself. Gonna- oh
2: uh, i mean i was just gonna say if you're tolerating it you shouldn't be doing it you should do something else like i think an outdoor cross country like would provide the benefit you're going after and it sounds fun if you know if you can incorporate some indoor riding definitely do it you know there's nothing wrong with that and there's lots of ways you can use wift to uh do steady riding in like the three to four watt per kilogram range which is going to be plenty hard for most people's endurance and uh you know a little bit of both probably is your best method you want to come out of winter like ready to crush
1: that's another question too that's a good what do you think josh well i agree but did he say i totally agree with patrick what he said did he say that he did like doing like fat bike rides yeah yeah i would say do that make like
0: But he said, but like mountain biking, it'll be hard to ride true
1: endurance. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, you you don't have to do it all the time. I think a combination of everything, you know, it's like you're stuck inside on Zwift. Uh, But but what I was also going to say was, and this isn't actually his question, but if you are worried about flats, maybe try to go tubeless on the road or go with a thicker tire in the winter, go with like a gator skin or maybe even put like, I don't know, like a cross tire on there or something. But if it's icy and stuff, I understand. Or just something yeah. that would help you maybe prevent those flats.
0: I think the skiing is huge. I mean, your heart doesn't know the difference Like you're getting the cardiac benefit. I think that I'm, yeah, fat biking would be cool. It's just, it seemed like even in Rochester, when it snows a fat bike, you kind of got to be on trails or you got to be on like a cross country skiing trail or like, you can't just go in three feet of snow. Like there's, there's no biking option. Um, I don't know. I would try to ride as much as possible outside. I would do the skiing. I would variety. I think variety is good. Like then during the week, it's going to be dark. Do the Zwift and just people forget that. Well, they don't forget. They weren't there. But like when there was no Zwift and you had four months of winter, it was like okay. Hopefully, the roads are clear this weekend. So this week, I have to do. Four and a half hours indoors on a trainer looking at a basement brick wall. Or like you could, you know, put a TV going or whatever. But like there's – it's so easy now. And people are like, winter. I'm like, dude, you have it so easy. Just just be active. I don't know. When you say ready to crush, I think I've had some conversations with people about that. Like do you want to come out? and kill people in the spring. And then maybe like calm it down a little bit in the summer. Or I think the confidence boost from riding well in the spring is a big boost, unless you're far enough along that you really need to hold back for like a huge race, like nationals or something. I think think in previous years, like, you know, 2013, 14, I came out so hot in spring that by July first, I was ready for a break. That's not really how I should have been going into nationals. You know, it's, it's definitely a balance. Yeah, I, I think if you're constantly,
2: if you're all winter, you're chasing .01, then you're probably going to come out too hot. But if you're just like really trying to train well and, and be fit, like really develop the fitness, that's different than like saying like I, I got to get. I gotta like, go like a little further, a little extra, a little extra, and then then you're and then you're like really walking that line early in the season of like being not excited about riding or training.
0: What do you mean by 0.01? Like super like, specific. That point
2: oh one, that last that last like I, I'm gonna be better. I'm gonna be better than everybody yeah. right now.
0: Like right now, I have to be the absolute best I can possibly be. That was me last season. I was like, this is what I need to do. Must do. 30 hours of training and just, <laughs> God. Cringe. What's, um, what are you thinking about, Noggle?
1: Well, I was going to say, dude, we always get this question. Or I think we've already had it in the Discord is everyone's like, what about doing some running? You know, everyone, when it gets cold out, everyone's like, what if I transition to doing some running every week?
0: Yeah. I mean, you can't run that far. It, the aerobic workout is so short. I'll go spend that 45 minutes in lift. And if you're running an hour, then that's pretty damn long. How often are you doing it? You're, the cost benefit, and Patrick and I have had many discussions about this, runners get injured. It's part of their sport. And that's when they are good at running. They have great form. You are Joey cyclist, and you're jumping off your bike. You don't even go running. Half. Maybe it's aggressive a lot end up pulling something, tweaking something, something stiff, like I've talked to runners. I'm like, how do you avoid this? They're like, dude, you don't it's part of the sport like people's Ooh. careers get derailed from injuries in running, and that's just like you feel bad for them, but they miss the race. Why would you want to do that now? This is when you need to get strong. this is when you need to build aerobic foundation running if you're a cross rider,
2: yeah, I don't i I mean. If you're a runner maybe you can run a little bit but i wouldn't pick up a new discipline or multi-sport become a multi-sport athlete in the in the winter i i've done it in the past i've definitely tried i mean brendan we both kind of run a little in the winter and never really thought it gave us that big of a benefit or like was like any sort of secret sauce or you're just trying to like maintain your volume of training i, I prob i would lean towards saying like if you want an hour of something like medium hard i'll do if you think you that that's gonna bring benefit to your overall training load, I would do like an hour of tempo once a week and you know and then do your intervals on top of that if you can maintain that that's a that's that sort of kind of running like it's an aerobic it' be a hard aerobic session mm-hmm. and but you know it's not it's not a replacement for a longer super long ride, but if you're really crunched for options that's a better option than running
0: an hour. Yeah. And I think too, when people decide to run is they're like, well, it's so crappy. I'm going to go run. And I'm like on icy sidewalks. They're like, "Mm, good point. I'm like, this is the worst idea ever. Go ice skating, go run some skates and seriously go ice skating, go jump in a pool, go do all these other, you know, you don't need to be, well, I want load bearings. Well, if you want to put some stress on your skeleton, go lift some stuff. There's double the benefit there. It's just get in the gym. Well, I want to get more aerobic workout. Great. Do lighter weights and jump around a lot. Like, don't use a ton of rust between them. There's, you know, I just think running, it's a different, you got to be dedicated to that sport. Runners are, run- they're diehard runners jumping in
1: and I don't know, but. I think Patrick hit it with replacement. People are looking for that replacement where there are more options. Like you said, Brendan, like get on Zwift, do something right inside. But go do something else, like you said. There are so many other options. You know, a big goal that's come up in a couple conversations recently was,
0: and I love it. This one guy, he's very, he's super smart, but he made the comment to me. He's like, "I feel like now would be the time to lose weight," and I'm like, "Bingo, dude! Yes, why do you want to lose some more?" And he's like, "Well, I'm 172. I want to get to 165." And I was like, "Great, let's put up the goalpost now." And he he made the comment. He's like, "You know, I, he does ride a lot." He's like, my problem is I eat garbage. He's like, I know I don't eat like you. And I'm like, dude, I'm not like a Zen body Buddhist monk, like eating only carrots. Like I eat some weird, like bad stuff. But I told him, and I can't remember who said this once, nothing tastes as good as fast feels. Like if you lose seven pounds, you will be noticeably faster. Like these climbs that you do, you go pick up a five pound bag of sugar but I love that he was like, now's the time to do it. And so then I, you know, I think the biggest thing is November and December come in. We're all going to be surrounded by not, it's not even food. It's candy. Let's call it what it is. Like holiday food is bad. So I think, you know, it's easy to make the right choices when you have a big race two months away. I personally find it much harder to make the choice when the next race is what is it october november december january maybe four or five months away but think of your training think of like something that mentally keeps you on point like what do you guys do for that what's the how do you personally wade through the holiday season and i think you know there's if you like cookies or you like whatever like have one but you don't have to have 15 Maybe that's the rule. Like, I don't know. What do you tell people? It's a lifestyle. Figure it out. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Hit them with it. No, but okay, yeah. guys. You've said that enough. That's a cop-out answer at this point. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean – I mean, But you're right, so, man.
2: It is. You can't be perfect 100% of the time. Nobody's nobody's perfect 100% of the time. That's not, that's not a reality. But if you're constantly like – all right, I'm hitting the mark, whatever your mark is, whatever your measurement of like healthy eating or like eating like an athlete is, as long as you're kind of hitting that most of the time and you're not starting like next week or like, oh, wow, I did it a couple weeks ago and then it was kind of bad and I'll start again later. It's, it's just kind of, it's got to be all, you've got to commit to doing it all the time and then give yourself little landmarks. Like if there's like, Asaka will come home with like cookies from school. Like, I'll eat two cookies. Like not going to be the end of the world because seven days a week, I pretty, I eat pretty clean. I don't really, my weight doesn't really go up and down because it's just, it's this the way I choose to operate. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, you're going to, I'm going to, we're going to go home. I'm going to see my family and we're going to make cinnamon rolls and I'm going to eat a couple and I'm not going to freak out. Like, well, I'm derailed. Now I quit. No, it's like I'm going to wake up the next morning. I'm going to ride my bike. I'm going to get back to the, the usual schedule, and it's not going to be the end of the world. I'm not doing it every three hours. I'm not like, oh, a cinnamon roll. Here's some ice cream. Here's the cookies. Mom, what else you got? Like it's not, yeah. that's not – that's going to mess you up. But if you can just maintain control and say like this is like I choose to be this way, and then it's a lifestyle, and you figured it out. Boom.
0: Moderation, man. <clears throat> Even moderation of moderation. Yes. I think my problem. I think, and I think, know yourself. Like, I think that I'll make instead of being like, okay, I'm gonna eat. I've really the no sugar thing that Craig brought up to us. Like, I've absolutely loved. So, I, like, if I want something that I'm like, well, I need, I need to just eat something like a little bit bad. I'm gonna grab like tortilla chips. It's <laughs> oil and corn okay, that's my insult. Okay. That's, I think is going to be better for me than like sugar, butter or whatever. And just doesn't, the calories don't add up as much. You can throw salsa on it, so you get some veggies and you know, it's so like make your choice of like what bad thing you're going to eat. It doesn't always have to be there, there. Sometimes there's a less horrible option and I don't know. It's getting through the holidays though. That's clutch because it's. When people are like mid January, okay, I'm ready to lose weight. It's like, dude, you missed the boat. You need to be building power. Yeah. Get
2: into, sorry, Josh, just get into uh, like, you know, hit Thanksgiving and be like, all right, cool. I've already lost a little weight. I cleaned it up. And then you hit Christmas. And by the time you're hitting these marks where you're maybe going to like take half a step backwards or like have a bag of chips or eat the cookie or whatever you've already done leg work. You're not like, well, I've been in off season, so I've just been ballooning and not paying attention to anything I do. And yeah.
1: Ballooning. I was going to say some planning too, you know, like you don't have to go nuts, but don't put yourself in a situation or try not to, where like you're starving and like you have to eat out or do something. Like just a little bit of planning goes a long way.
0: Hmm. I like, had a, You know, I was thinking back to way before the gravel days, or at least before gravel was popular, I remember doing, like, century rides or, like, wanting to do 120 miles, talking to people about doing, like, some crazy long rides, and people always said, you know, dude, you're crazy. This doesn't even make sense. Your races are maybe four and a half hours at the very long end of things, more like three to three and a half, blah, 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 and now fast forward to gravel, the the short gravel races are hundred miles. The normal ones are 150. The long ones are God, who knows how long. And I was talking to a guy who's probably three years in and we were talking about three years into training, seriously. And we were talking about, he does like Leadville, does big gravel, he's gonna do big sugar. And talking about pacing, but then also like how to finish strong, where in the group is he? I actually posted this in the Discord. And then one thing that I, you know, I thought of, I was like, dude, you got to understand, you're doing crazy ass rides for being in your serious third year of training. Nobody 10 years ago that I knew, I'm sure there were people, but there was no Strava to know about this. No one was doing these 150 mile all the time rides, going and doing a 200 mile race, like that was unheard of. Like it's really interesting to try to keep perspective for people when it's like, you're going to get better at our five, six and seven, just in time. Like you just got to keep riding. The, the fact that you're doing a 150 mile ride casually or like, you know, not a race is nobody did that. Like the game has totally changed. I think it's, just really interesting to kind of look back at what everybody was saying about those types of mileages. Part of me, which I just did them anyways. I kind of was like, yeah, the right hundred and granted six hours on the bike is pretty damn long anyways, but it's interesting. Like so many newer people are riding really, really far. I saw those interesting. Do
1: you think that's going to affect people's longevity on the bike?
0: I think it's gonna make them faster. Things gonna make them better. Like if you can ride, you know I think well, that's the thing. It, it makes people look at you know, we were always looking at performance for like a three to four hour race. These people are looking at performance for a six, seven, eight hour day, and it's like, I don't even know if I how I would have felt completing one of those. Especially back then, nutrition was not dialed. I remember dying at the end of like some six hour rides just because I was not, didn't know to eat that much. It was like, eat 300 calories an hour. Yeah, that's not enough. And there wasn't like the whole carb up and what are you eating the day before and preparing for things like that is just so different. I think it's going to make, I mean, it's evolution. We know more. We're learning more. How many years ago were we telling people 60 grams of carbs an hour? And it's like, oop, wait, actually, it's almost double that. Our bad. It's like uh but what's new in the cross world
1: what's new in the cross world um just lots of races man you're in the midst of it it's uh back in europe um world cup on sunday super prestige i think tomorrow there's also races in the u.s and since we went to
0: zonhoven that's on sunday
1: oh, oh yeah, yeah yeah, nice man one day yeah, when did when did you go there? Did you watch the race, or were you just traveling through there?
0: No, I live. I was living in Belgium, and so we went. Patrick came over and visited me, we went with two of our friends. And uh, it's really funny. We got you have to. There's you know you take the train up to this one area, and you had to walk through a forest to get there. And so we get off the train. And I'm like, hey, do you guys know where Zonhoven is? And they're like, no, there's no place like that around here. I'm like, no, yeah, Zonhoven. And they're like. Definitely not. I'm like, there's a bike race, a cycle cross race. Oh, Zonhoven. Yeah, this way. I'm like, dude, that really it sounds that much different. And they're like, here, walk down this thing, walk through this forest. Da da da. You're gonna pop out, and you can't miss. And you like walk on, it's just like mayhem. They've got the tent, like no one's there yet. We got there early. The tent is just like, like they show on to be like blasting techno music at 10:30 in the morning. People are already starting to drink, eating a big thing of fries, like. <laughs> That day, it was wild. Wild.
1: What What year was that?
0: Twenty fifteen. I think so. Okay. Six awesome. I moved in twenty sixteen. It was the year before that.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Did you guys see some dudes go down the sand pits? Oh, uh, dude really not
2: They went down and then up, and we were like right next to the course on the up oh, nice. part. Nice. Yeah. It was. I mean, that's a hill. It's ridiculous. It's like riding your bike off a cliff. It's like, okay, bye. Oh, yeah. bye. yeah.
0: yeah. And you can see on their face, you just don't know if you're going to eat it or not. It's just like a prayer every time. And That was like Sven Nice's last year racing, right? Yeah. Everywhere he went, he was super so I probably went to – I went there. I went to probably – Three big races. Um, I can't remember the town of the other. Uh, I think I went to Namur. And can't remember the other one. I was rolling solo to a lot of it, though. So it was like, it was fun, but it would have been cooler to be in, like, a huge pack of people. So Zahnhoven was definitely, like, the best one. Mm-hmm. But the atmosphere, I mean, those guys are rock stars. And just like they portray it, there's, you know, Spend nice huge busts. Crew, da da da, then like little Belgian, not famous yet, trying to make it there with a broken down sprinter van with his dad. Somebody still has a flag with his name on it. Maybe like they made a patch and put it on a hat, and like his supporter crew is way smaller, and he's, you know, two rows back. It was really cool. I think Belgium's a crazy place. I think at some point I'll go back there and follow some races around, but. Definitely some other stuff in Europe. It's just, it's cool when the culture loves cycling. It's, I moved into Airbnb and they're like, oh, do you like, uh, do you like Van Avermart And I was like, you know him? They're like, know him? He's like, yeah, wait, what? And I like broke their brain asking that question. I'm like, oh, it's just in the <laughs> U.S. If I went to an Airbnb, no one's going to know anybody except maybe Lance Armstrong. And they're like, yeah, no, welcome to Belgium. That
1: like That's our dude.
0: I was
1: like, got it. So. <laughs> hey, what did it cost to go to the race? I'm just curious. Zero. <laughs> oh, was it? I thought, I thought there was uh, a that
0: one actually, did we get charged at that one? I don't know if there was a door. There's no do- There was one that I think I paid something. I can't remember where, but there's like no door, you know? Um <laughs> it's like a fair you go you once you go in you buy
2: you buy tickets and tickets get you everything beer gotcha. fries access to
0: whatever areas and yeah not yeah. <clears throat> no well, i don't cool think that. the areas were cut off i think the area i think it was just food and the tickets were annoying because it was like oh i'm two tickets short damn it and then you gotta go back and buy tickets <laughs> um
1: no but, i think it's cool you guys talk about the atmosphere people don't realize like talking to my wife when i'm watching the races. there's a lot of people there i'm like yeah it's not like u.s cross like this is like a football game you know this is huge thousands and thousands we
0: got there and like staked out our play we did a lap we saw people warm up watch part of the women and then we're like okay where's the best vantage point we staked out by the time the race was like halfway through everyone was over there and it was just like a freaking party i mean they don't hold back either. It's like, I think somebody was like, "I got to go to the bathroom." I'm like, dude, everyone's peeing right there. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of like, what? A, you're in the, you're, you're right next to the wood. So it's like, okay, cool. And I mean, those people get cocked. So it was a wild, wild festival. But highly recommend. Just you know, I think that would be similar if you went to like South American football, maybe. You know, like their soccer culture is just insane. that you watch the crowds, like just medieval flat. It looks like a medieval like times. Like we're gonna go kill the other people on the other side of the moat. Let's do this. Okay. Super interesting. Uh, question came up, and we were how we were talking about this. We are talking about looking at power data during a ride. And I guess Yolanda Neff won the XC golden Tokyo with her power field off, like never looked at it, just raced the race. And I made a comment back to this guy. I'm like, dude, I've actually never, I don't even know if I've ever verbalized this. I look down like an like during a race there, the first hour, a lot of them looked, I'm like, Oh damn, this is hard. There's no, I'm not looking at any numbers. Like what, no, what is the, what's, what am I going to learn from that? like, you are racing like you're reading the race you're trying to figure out what's going on who's going up the road how many people are up the road what where are your teammates what like who's looking good who's not like there's just 8 million things on i'm not who cares about the watts you're going to do whatever you got to do to make the thing happen and this person doesn't race a ton and so I was like maybe i need to be sending more people out on rides like go ride this by feel and just go if you know go I'm trying to think of what a good example would be like maybe even send them on something that's harder like over unders and just be like do these by feel and let's see how you did on them what does that feel like like do you guys do that at all I think it's I've never thought about when you're racing so much not looking at the power meters like second nature I mean I look at the power meter during intervals a little bit but it's kind of like go over yeah I know this And I'll like look down after 30 seconds and be like, oh, first one like went too hard, went to like get a gauge of how my legs are feeling that day. But I'm not like staring at the numbers. And I don't know. I just comments, thoughts. You guys are looking at me like I have eight heads. I was just
2: trying not to jump on top. I was doing
1: this. I'm doing the same thing, man. I'm pausing so Patrick can jump in.
2: Um yeah, I, I do, I do do some RPE and time-based intervals, um, not on a regular basis, but like in transition periods, sometimes during rest weeks. Uh, it just kind of depends. It, I, I use that to maybe like address or try to have an impact on, you know, like exactly when you don't, when you're not riding by power. You're riding by feel, by RPE. If if somebody really doesn't have a sense of what they can do, um, or if I'm looking for them to try to break through sort of a plateau, or I think they're plat they're plateauing themselves. Maybe they're physiologically they're not plateaued, but that's when I'll go like you know just go ham on it, or you know what's seven feel like? How many times can you do a seven? Um, <clears throat> it's a hard. That's a hard thing to train. Like I I never had any of the coaches I've had I never had a coach like really teach me to do that I think it's something you kind of de- just develop on your own but like yeah once you said like racing is stochastic you're going to get out and you're going to start a race and it's more important to be paying attention to like the research you did to know the course than to like say like mm-hmm. I I need to go if I can't I can't cross 400 watts because actually the very first race I did <laughs> this is stupid <clears throat> <laughs> uh, it was Bristol. Bristol is the very first race I ever did and we're warming up with the behind and like the motor's taking us out on course and like we're going uphill. It's like kinda hard. I'm like, Oh, all right, we're going we're going kinda hard. And I looked down I'm, like, okay, we're going like three hundred, so I like, probably need to start backing down. And so I'm like, All right, I'm just gonna keep keep it like around three and then the race started, I was like at the back of the race. I was like, Okay, I'm just gonna keep it right around here <laughs> So like gradually the race I was like here, and I was here. I was like, okay, <laughs> let's just keep going. <laughs> let's just, I'll just go I'll, I'll probably stop eventually. I'll just. Did <laughs> so you drop? I guess that's it. And that was it. And that was it. And then I rode solo at like 22 average, like right behind the group for most of the day until some people got dropped, and then I caught them. It was so silly, but I didn't know. I didn't know what bike racing was. I'd never been told like this is you get a draft when you're in the pack. I didn't know that existed. Um, But my point is that like, there's a lot going on. You need to like, think about the race in the beginning of the race. It's one thing if, you know, the race starts off, up like a 20 minute climb, like, and you, you're like five minutes in, you're like, all right, maybe I should know how hard I'm going. And you're like, like 5% over a five minute PB. You're probably not going to finish that 20 minute segment that strong. And, you know, maybe you could have had some benefit by, you know, riding within yourself because if you implode halfway up a 20 minute climb, but races don't start like that. So typically.
0: But even if it did, the, you know, I think even saying it, coming back to the RPE, like you should be looking at the other riders. Cause this actually happened in masters nationals. We, you go over this little lump and then you start the climb these two dudes started hitting the bottom portion like hard. And I was like holding the wheel for a second. I was like, uh, I cannot maintain this. And if we blow up, we are at like, if you get counterattacked on something that's deep, like you are game over, you're not following them. So I just backed down mm-hmm. within 30 seconds. They realized they were going way too hard, but you know, you just got to look at other people and be like, where am I at? And know how you're feeling. Like you get, <sighs> it sounds so basic a meter for you to know that what's that I didn't take a power meter for you. exactly know. but people get into this so much that like that what am i watts? what am i walked? i even had a heart rate question today it's like <laughs> hey after you do those sprints and i'm not knocking this dude hey after you do sprints yesterday do you notice that your power to heart rate is much lower and you're less efficient i was like dude i am not looking at my heart rate after i do some six second sprints like I must be missing something. Why everyone is so obsessed with heart rate. I love you, Dan Barney. But when Dan Barney looked at me and said, dude, I had to drop out of that group. I was looking at my heart rate and I was almost maxed out. And I was like, so you actually backed out of the break because your heart rate was that high. I was like, yeah, I think I might've blown up. I was going to blow up. I was like, well, you should have figured it out. Like I was so pissed. Like you literally let this little thing on your chest the number on your Garmin that could have been wrong tell you to back out of the brake. Like I was about to "Ah, to break my bike. People overthink this stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's just being too like, I feel like sometimes I'm old man curmudgeon, but it just, I can't understand this. Just keep pedaling. Do you feel okay? Yeah. Who cares what the numbers say?
1: I could have sworn I heard this from you guys, but I've very sometimes I'll give some athletes some intervals where it's one by power and then one by feel. I could have sworn I got that from you guys. But I think that's a good way of and then you then they can go back and look at the power and be like, Oh, I was pretty close or I was way off and then work on that RP.
0: I actually haven't done that. I've done one by power, one by speed. Just be like, go go ride, do a twenty minute at X watts, and then go ride twenty minutes, being really fast. Like, Well, what do you mean? I'm like practice being fast. What if you're in a break? I'm actually going to post and I almost shouldn't be. It's almost like an ad hoc under, but I don't think people understand how to ride off the front. And I'm starting to think of a great example is when I went to Rochester and did this training race and the course has a lot of like little stair steps and there's points where you want to visually get out of people seeing you those types of efforts there are many vo2 max surges where it's like how long can i surge to get you know if people are coming up behind you in a climb they're not riding at threshold so why the hell do people off the front feel like they can ride at threshold and stay away it was like i'm going to go back to this power file and see what it looks like you know so to the point of go out and ride by speed Go ride over threshold. Then you hit a downhill, get super arrow, and get ready to crush it again. As long as over-under, like, go as fast as possible. That does not mean riding at 95 to 105% FTP. Um, just the more and more I do this, I'm, like, steady state. And even, like, I know people are, like, over-unders, 95 and 105%. I'm, like, no, it's not really over. I mean, yeah, it's over-under, but not that much over and that much under. So, but yeah, one by RP would be interesting.
1: You know what? Also going along with that speed, and I've had this question, I think this has come up in the Discord, is like I had an athlete going into his event and he was like, yeah, well, I'm really going to focus on no zone one and keep it an endurance. And I was like, no. I was like, dude, this is race day. This is event day. Like you do whatever you can to go as fast as you can, you know, like sit in the pack, go easy. You want as much zone one as you can, whatever you have to yeah. do to win.
0: A lot of zone one on race day. A yeah. lot of zone one, a lot of zone six. Just crushing.
1: I got a oh. random question for you guys. Yeah. I just had this chat last night with this cross guy, uh, or two nights ago, it doesn't matter, but we were talking about getting pumped up for races. Um, and we were talking about two different scenarios, and I def- there definitely are more, but like, what type of pump-up person are you? Are you the person who, like, I'm going to war. I want to kill everyone out there or I'm super calm. And like, that's the way I go into my race. And you think that there's a benefit to one or is it super personal?
0: I mean, Patrick and I used to call it kill mode, but I was like, dude, we can't really call it that. Cause it sounded <laughs> like we're just in an age where that's just probably not a good idea. <laughs> uh, But with that being said, I'm not a big, like, hype music. I think that wastes energy. I think I'm more, like, you can waste. The the difference in a bike race win can be who has 20 more watts at the end of four hours. So I'm not going to be, like, dancing around for the race and da-da-da. Pretty pretty low-key. I'm also, like, very, I don't really want to socialize. Like, I'm not there. Like, there are people that are, like, Riding around and they're just chit chat and whatever. It's like I'm getting ready. I'm gonna go and do my warm up. I rarely warm up with my teammates because they're not gonna do the exact same thing that I'm gonna do. And I wanna pee when I wanna pee. I wanna get in my zone. And other people are like that. That's too specific. That's fine. But I love being on the start line, being like, okay, if people take off right now, I'm ready. The number of road races. Everyone should go back and look at your files. How hard do American road races start? Usually pretty damn hard. And I am amazed when someone's warm-up is, doo, they sit there for like five minutes, they're talking to something, and then like, doo, 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 and then you go, and the race starts. And it's, raw, 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 raw. I'm like, would you, just question, would you ever do intervals that way? They're like, well, no, I'd have to be warmed up. Oh, I'm like, cool. Now, next time, go. Like, it takes 20 to 30 minutes. Some people don't get there early enough. So, that's a verbose answer, but I just think the preparation, people do all of this work before race day, and they get to race day, and it's like chit-chat, social time. I'm like, dude, I'm there to race. I'll talk to you after, maybe, but you know, it's race day.
2: Yeah, e- even if it's not an A race, you're you want to be practicing your method, your way of doing things. I'm not quite so like regimented, I wouldn't say. But I that being said, I like having that in the background like that. I feel like I always race well when it's like Brendan's like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm like, oh that's right. We're okay, we this is the schedule. We're on the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it's a it's a positive. It's a net positive. And and I'm not crazy hype music, but I you know, I like to have an extra cup of coffee and sit in the car and you know, I, I get a lot of I like to study the start list and I like to study the course. And I like to have kind of like a understanding of that, doing those things pre-races. And then, you know, before in like the morning of when I'm paying my number that I'm just thinking about those, those things um, and trying to focus on that. And that's
0: kind of what I like to key in on. I think too, the pre-race, like when I'm riding around, I'm getting a sense of like, how do I feel that day? Some days you're just like, Ooh, that feels harder than it should. Maybe I need to save. Maybe I don't have as many matches. Like, I might need to save. And you could be wrong. Like, there are days, and this is why doing intervals, I think, is really important. You learn your body. There are days when, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this workout. I just don't feel great walking around. My legs feel a little tired, whatever. You go out and you crush it. And it's like, wow, that kind of surprised me. So I have that in the back of my head. Like, ah, I might just not be feeling like super ready, but my body's ready. I think that. Also, like Patrick's saying, if you're with somebody else, and especially if you don't know each other, communicating how you like your race morning to be is very important because Brandon Malott and I, B-Money, who was on the podcast, got in a huge blowout right before Masters Nationals in Colorado. He was like, yo, dude, you are all about yourself. And I'm like, no, man, I'm all about this race. This is how I get ready. Like, Maybe we didn't talk about this before, but... I'm not on anyone else's schedule and this is how I do my thing like I thought we were driving to the race together and like doing our thing so I'm not trying to be selfish but I'm trying to put my best foot forward because we're on the team together and I expect you to perform I expect me to perform like we drove to freaking Colorado so this is how I get ready for my game time you get ready for yours And it was just a very huge misunderstanding. And um, that even leads into the days before, like, when do we want to pre-ride? When do we want to go see the course? Do we want to do this? Like, it's good to kind of map things out a little bit. And that even, going on a tangent, that goes to the other people that are going, maybe your spouse, maybe somebody else. Like, people that don't ride don't understand that this is a lifestyle, you're going to be in bed early. You're going to want carbs. You're going to want to do this. You got to get your, you know, the the first race that Chris and I went to, I was like, yo, dude, we got to go eat. He didn't understand you got to eat three hours before. like. And I was like, he was like, oh, I'm going to think I'm going to take a shower. And I was like, uh, no, like we need to, like, I don't know how to say this politely, like we need to go eat now. Like I need to be eating food. And he was like, "What? why are you so? And then like, I explained it to him. But people that don't ride don't know that. So... Always goes back to communication. Just try and get everybody on the same page. And and you got to be flexible. I've tried to be more like, you know, I like getting to races early. Some people want to get there a little bit later. Like, you don't have to be a soup Nazi about it. But I think communicate why you want what you want. And then usually everybody's like, okay, yeah, that's cool. We're all in agreement on this. It just makes the whole day go way smoother. So. You actually took a point. Somebody was talking about intensity factor in a race, and I was like, "Dude, you want the lowest intensity factor? <laughs> like, how can you win with doing the least amount of work?" That's that's the goal. Mm-hmm. What are you guys doing this weekend? All I got left is I'm doing a I got Saturday off. I'm gonna go for endurance ride today. I'm actually working on. Um, I've felt pretty tired these past few days and but i want to keep riding because i have five days off i'm going to colorado in a week and uh i think it's just a lot of these i've been going for a hell of a lot of koms and i'm gonna be it's like just non-stop and the other day i actually commented in the discord i went for one the other day yesterday it was a two minute and 20 second effort and i was like i'm scraping the barrel here like i am pretty tired i got it but it was like max effort and uh I did one the other day. It was a nine-minute effort and just <laughs> shattered me. I was—I didn't get nervous, but I was like two hours from home, and I was like, "I'm feeling that one. Like, I'm definitely tired." So I'm actually gonna go back and look at—I thought some interesting time segments would be. So I kind of been going KOMs for like seven weeks now, which is <laughs> really absurd. It like kind of worked into the end of the season, and then I just—I was traveling a lot and I was in these different areas. I'm like, "Yo, Tom, I'm just gonna crush a couple rides this week." So I don't mean every ride, but like I didn't I haven't been doing intervals. Like it's you know, and Tom's very similar to us' Like okay, now's the time of the season. Like keep riding, keep training, but don't think about it as training. I'm like cool. I want to go for some KOMs here. So anyways, I look back. I'm like damn, I've been doing this for kind of a long time. Which what I think what my hypothesis is the reason I feel extra tired right now when I haven't been racing. I've been at home no other miles, it's continually going way too hard. And now I'm feeling the effects of that built-up fatigue. So I'm going to look at these seven weeks. I'm going to look at seven weeks before Masters Nationals, like what does super dialed training look like? I'm going to look at just before that for Amateur Nationals. And I'm going to look at seven random weeks, maybe from like January 1st through seven weeks of that, what is base training, even though I was base training, but Tom and I, we were doing some like, Harder efforts for sure that I think maybe have been might have been a little bit too hard then. And I'm going to look at things like how much 100% VO2 max time. Just look at the different zones. Like how would my distribution of riding and see if there's any threads or trends or whatnot. I think that because of bike races, which will have more hard efforts than what I could do just doing KOMs. I'm thinking the times might line up similarly on hard efforts, but I'm not really sure. I know that the January ones that I, they should be much lower, but I think it'll be really interesting. And um, I don't know. It actually, the reason I do some people might say, "Hey, why do you do this?" I do it because I like getting excited for base season. Like I'm going to start mine first week in November. I'm excited to be like, okay, I got those out of my system. I'm gonna you know, I'm ready to ride endurance and I might even change five blocks to racing. I think there might be a few too many hard tempo sessions in there early on. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I think it's, it's good, good part of the year. I'm kind of happy where things are at. Yeah. I'm uh
1: got a,
2: kinda- Recording on Saturday, so Saturday's a bit busy, and then Sunday's gravel revival. That's right. Which is uh, sixty miles or so, a little, a little bit more than sixty miles of mixed uh, surface and like something like 11, 12, little short climbs.
0: <clears throat>
1: that a race. Like, what's that? Is that a race? Hmm. Oh, it's,
2: nice. It's uh, uh, out in. Um, it's a little bit west of Nashville in hickman county it's hosted by our
0: shop moab moab bikes plug 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 best shop in uh, pretty close to the world i mean honestly
2: it's it's crazy they the legend of moab bikes is like pretty long term (laughs) mark started this place in like an upstairs apartment was the first the first one was like a back apartment, there was like a ramp to it. It was very funny the way he described it. And now they were the first dealer ever to have like both BMC and Cannondale or something like that. He like sat the CEOs down in the same room, was like, guys, we can sell both brands. And he like was the first person to figure that out. Anyway, Mark's the man, it's a great
0: shop, they do a lot. A lot of they still support me and like t- go out of their way. And I don't live in Nashville now, granted they know that people in Nashville follow me on social media or like I can help them. And that's what I was I'm like, dude, how can I help you guys out more besides just doing posts? But it's, they are just such a giving group of people for two people that love cycling. Like, and they're like, dude, we, you love riding. Like we want to be a part of this. And it just blows my mind. I mean, um, that's actually, I'm getting a new bike, bought it through them. So, yeah,
2: pretty. Cr- it, he'll do a lot for people and not ask for anything. It's kind of a very, very cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's their race. That's Sunday, and that it's uh, kind of the, that's the plan.
0: Noggle, did anybody sign up for your race yet?
1: Four people total. You gonna get the dub? I'm gonna. I'm hoping so, man. There's some strong guys, some strong local guys that I know. Good. Um, but yeah, it looks like snow actually on Sunday. There's a chance of snow. home race race, josh um i'm actually in upstate new york so technically yeah i mean home is and i'm from up here but now in connecticut yeah um so yeah it should be fun my family's gonna come out and watch it's gonna be cool wait you're in utica right now i am
0: oh cool okay yeah sweet well good luck out there thanks man um bike radio three are we good yeah that's fun yeah I think next time I'm going to kick off with what I come up with from this well, my pen just broke. Um, from this breakdown of KOM riding and see what else is going on in the world of bikes. Keep us posted. All right, y'all. Josh, do you guys this, or do you just post it straight up? I'll talk okay. to you guys afterwards. Okay,
1: we'll chat after. See you, All right. see see you guys.
0: Bye,
2: everybody.